Welcome back to Fika with Anika. Okay, so it's not a all just for your health. No, yeah, no, it's strictly for my health. It's strictly health. Uh, it's, it's the only reason I, I make wine and, and drink wine is for my health. For your health, yes, yes. of course. Uh, no, it, it uh, you know, uh, and, and what's great is the, the three of us uh, that, that you know, kind of form this somewhat of a cooperative. We have some friendly get-togethers, and we, you know, we'll, we'll do barrel tastings. As a matter of fact, we just did one uh, a week ago from last year's wine. Um, that's uh, still aging in barrels and uh, you know the, the the aging process because we're using smaller barrels and you have a, a higher surface to volume ratio you don't need to spend as much time in the oak barrels as say you know usually oak barrels in the big wineries are 60 gallons and we're using 15 and 20 gallons because of our smaller sizes so you don't have to keep it in the oak as long but you know, you do have to taste frequently because you can over oak a wine. You know, just you get too much oak into it and it overpowers the wine, and that's all you taste. So you, you know, if that happens, then we get into a situation where we're having to blend with unoaked wine, and it, it just uh, you know can uh, mess the whole structure of the, of the wine up. So. Yeah. So how long do they stay in the barrel? At what point do you put it into the bottle and? Put it on the shelf. Okay, so once we've done the the the, the, the uh, first racking into the oak, um, we like last year's wine. We put it in oak in December, and it's and it's still in oak now. So okay. so it's uh, you know it's been there uh, what now close to um, coming up on five months. You know, typically the the larger wineries with the larger barrels, <clears throat> they'll keep their their wine in oak anywhere from 18 to 20 months. Up here we're probably shooting for about 8 to 10 months in uh, in the French oak, in the smaller French oak barrels and then and then we'll rotate, you know, we'll rack that wine out of there and bottle it. At that point it's it's done. It's 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 uh, it's ready for consumption. But then we'll um, we'll rack another wine into that oak barrel still usable. The, the oak is still usable. It's still giving uh, 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 what they call nillins. So it's it's producing uh, the nil, uh, the vanilla uh, flavors, you know, light, uh, what they call the nillins into the, into the, into the wine that soften it and okay. give it, give it its, uh, its uh, you know, uh, variety of tastes, so. So three years before you can harvest, and then a year or two before you can even drink. So you're looking about five years from the time that you start till the time that you can actually have the taste the fruit of your of your. Yeah, if you want to if you want to produce a quality wine, you know it's it's a it's it's, it's a, a waiting game. You have to be patient. Um, you know now not to say that we didn't play around with some of the early production and, and make make something out of that, but you know obviously it was just. Sort of a, a warm up to the the real thing for when the wines, you know, became mature. So, um, but it, it was all practice up to that point. But right. but now we're 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 producing. You know, like I said, uh, we'll probably produce about sixty gallons this year. Uh, um, I think uh, 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 Rancho del Sol he'll produce probably a couple hundred gallons of wine. He has uh, quite a few more plants than uh, we do, or what Jordan Ranch has, but. Uh, and his his wines are really really maturing. It's becoming a a, a, a good winemaker, and it, you know, it's just something you, you know. Uh, and, and Ed will tell you this: uh, there's times when you just have to let a 
a whole vat go because you you let it uh, ferment too long or it became oxidized and oh. and <laughs> you're, you're pouring gallons and gallons you know sometimes uh, 15 20 gallons at a time uh, not down the drain but you're um, you know you're, you're, it's aiding me, please yeah, stop. It, it's, yes. it's, it's being a yeah. return to Mother Earth, I'll put it that way. So. <laughs> okay. um, but, it, you know, it, it happens, but, um, you know, it's just a part of the part of the learning curve. Right. But, uh, but he's starting to really produce some good good, good wines, and he's also migrating to uh, uh, French Oak this year. We all are, okay. and we're really finding that there's, there's a reason that the wineries uh, pay the high prices for these French Oak barrels. It, it really makes the wine uh, you can and I know Ed in the past has tried to supplement with the oak cubes but it just doesn't give the, the wine the right structure it'll, it'll impart an oak taste but it's not really helping soften those tannins sometimes in the wine the, the, that an oak barrel because people don't realize an oak barrel is is, is breathable slightly so it, like I said before it imparts just enough oxygen to the wine to not oxidize it but to allow it to uh, soften, to really soften. Right. Now, that being said, um, the only testing that really goes on here, once, once it's, it's wine, it's wine. There's, there's not a whole lot you can do to you know, uh, add alcohol if, it, if it's too shy on alcohol or, or take, you know, obviously decrease the alcohol. Or, or you, you can add uh, tartaric acid to the wine if you need more acid, but it, it becomes, at this point, um, it, it ruins the structure because it hasn't gone through the fermentation process so it tends to taste uh, a little more artificial a little more chemically uh, a little more chemical like taste to it. Bub chuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the some of the, the cheaper wines will do that to get the balance and, mm -hmm. and it certainly comes out in the taste but uh, um, you know the only thing you can do after this point is, is blend it with you know if you have too high an alcohol content blend it with another batch that you've done uh, that has a lower alcohol content you know, to get the right alcohol content that you want or the right acid um, but um, yeah at this point it's it's what it is is what it is um, but you do you do have to preserve it you have to keep it from uh, getting oxidized the only way to do that is add uh, uh, sulfur dioxide or what we call SO2 so at this point, usually on a bi-monthly or a monthly basis, you're, you're, you're running chemical tests to monitor the amount of SO2 that's in the wine and the amount that you need to preserve it from, from uh, um, um, bacteria that, that will make the wine go bad or oxidization is uh, dependent on the pH of the wine. So for lower pHs, you don't need as much SO2 for a higher pH wine. A pH is an indicator of acid, so the lower the pH, the more acid typically you have in the wine, the higher the pH. We, we try to target a pH of a, in, in, in a range of 3.4 to 3.6, sometimes as high as 3.7. Um, is a typical pH, good pH for a wine, which okay. tells you that you have the right amount of acid in there. Um, so at 3.7, we're, we're targeting a, <coughs> about a 40 parts per million of um, of SO2 at the lower lower uh, pH ranges, we're targeting uh, uh, a sulfur sulfur dioxide content of about 20 to 25 parts per million. So obviously, because it's a chemical that you add, it, 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 you know some people are sensitive to sulfates. You know, gives them headaches. Yeah, some people. Um, 
Typically, it's the alcohol gives me a headache. So. <laughs> I was going to say that's my problem too. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. So you, you know, the, you, you do try to keep the minimum amount that you need to keep that wine preserved and, and keep out the uh, right. organisms that will uh, foul your wine. So. Right. So what about temperature control? I, uh, could you just have these carboys out, out in your living room, or do you no, have to put it no. in the basement? Well, you know, during fermentation, um, you can't. Uh, you can't get let the fermentation get too hot. You want to keep it under typically 90 degrees. If 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 you're you know and, and when they ferment, they actually produce their own heat. So you know there's times when when you you get what's called a runaway fermentation. You're monitoring that temperature and it's just rising and rising. Gets up near 100 degrees and uh, we're having to put in. Uh, bottles of frozen water to help cool it off so it, oh. because uh, what can happen is <clears throat> the temperature can rise to a, such a point that it actually kills the yeast and you you, you get what's called a stuck fermentation is is the the the, the wine hasn't been completely fermented or excuse me the must hasn't been fermented to wine yet <coughs> and so yeah so the stuck fermentation it's, it's typically when you still have a very high sugar content and a very low alcohol content and sometimes you'll have to restart that fermentation you got to cool that must off <clears throat> reintroduce yeast and it's just not a good process because it, it gets oxidized in the end so you want once you start that fermentation you want it to go from start to finish without having to do any um, um, additions of yeast or anything any okay. other chemicals. So. so um so what I was trying to get at is is can you just do this in a regular environment or do you have a, a root cellar or how, how, uh, well how do you deal with in, this? at the high chaparral this year we built a, a climate controlled uh, what we call a barrel room and you know if you go to the larger wineries in Temecula you go into a barrel room uh, typically they <coughs> maintain a temperature between uh, 45 degrees and 65 65 degrees depending on what the preference is of the individual winemaker um, or the types of wines you're making. Um, typically white wines want to want to be in the cooler range. Um, we don't do white wines at High Chaparral, we're all reds. So I maintain a, a uh, 55 degree temperature in in our barrel room. It's I call it a barrel room. It's about uh, uh, 15 feet by 10 feet enough to for us to do our winemaking in and eventually as our production increases and we're on 10 acres and we have only about a third to maybe a, a four-fifths of an acre planted but we're okay. planning to expand we're expanding this year we're going to be putting in hopefully another acre of wine grapes and our our overall goal is to get about anywhere from three to five acres planted in vineyard so our production is ramping up okay so we've built this barrel room to <coughs> be able to uh to uh, accommodate that. When I say a barrel room, it's just an insulated room that's that's heavily insulated. That we have a a, a, um, a wine cooler on it. It's a it's an air conditioning type of unit that also um, allows the right humidity for for the, the you want you want to have the right humidity so your barrels don't dry out and it maintains the room at the right temperature. So right now. You know, temperatures start, are starting to ramp up here. We're in uh, 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 spring, you know, early spring, and starting to warm up. And we try to maintain a temperature of 55 degrees in our barrel room. So it sounds like there's quite a bit of an investment. This is not something that you just do on a whim. Uh, you've obviously, you know, you have a plan uh, in mind. 
because uh, I know that the plants themselves are in, inexpensive and the labor to put them in, yeah, and irrigating them and yeah, then keeping them. You got to keep the, the, the long-term goal in mind, uh, you know, and if, if you don't have the patience, uh, you're not going to see it through to the end. There's certainly times when, a, you know, after the third year, we're not getting any production and, and you know, we're having to pay a lot for pest management and, and uh, watering and, and all that, you, you kind of wonder, is this, is this going to pan out? This is this has really been the first year we've seen a, a fruit of our labor, so to speak. Uh, right. And, and you're you know, managing just a husband and a wife team yeah. are managing. You don't yeah. have to have outside help yet. Or no, we have no like outside that. help yet. We all kind of, uh, the, the three of us, uh, Jordan Ranch, High Chaparral, and Rancho de Sol kind of help each other out. and. And because we're in different areas, uh, luckily most most of the times our grapes don't are, uh, are ripen all at the same time. So okay. if Ed's needing help and his, he he needs to pick right away, we'll, we'll we'll try to get him help, and he'll come over and help us um, when we're ready. And and likewise with uh, with Pat over at Jordan Ranch. Uh, so uh, <clears throat> a lot of lot of interactive help. Yeah. You know, the, the, the wine, making wine is not complicated. It's, it's, it's actually very easy. They make it in prison, okay? So it's, you know, <laughs> not that my, I would know. I my know mother used to make wine yeah. down in, down in yeah. the basement next to the sauna. I'm talking in Sweden. Yeah. And uh, it would be, you know, uh, dandelion wine. And, and um, she made it with um, uh, yeast cubes, like baking yeast mm -hmm. and sugar. Sure. And then we'd have to go and, and burp this uh, Damajan <laughs> and and uh, As a kid, it. really? Yeah, yeah, I was like, you know, 11, 12, 13, and, you know, I learned how to siphon it and stuff like that. <laughs> but you know what? It always tasted like... <laughs> It always tasted like it had yeast in it. It was like, you know, it was a very potent yeast yeast slurry. Yeah, yeah if you don't uh, um, let it rack it right, um, you know, there, there's just something I didn't cover, which is the, the fining process where you're, you're, you know, you can use either a, a certain amount of bentonite, which is a fine clay or egg whites that you introduce and it helps uh, clarify the wine, helps, oh. it helps it get its clarity. And it helps get those heavier sediments to drop to the bottom. But uh, like I said, it's not complicated, but to make good wine that, that people want to drink, it can be extremely complicated. Uh, we have a full wet lab set up in our barrel room and we, we run our tests uh, weekly sometimes during the, 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 uh, uh, the, the racking process and all that. So, um, you know, it's, it's just a matter of uh, how much effort and uh, expense do you want to put into it versus the quality that you're going to get. So, okay. So, um, you know, very excited. Uh, our our, our uh, goal is to really kind of create a buzz about uh, wine growing uh, in the valley here, growing, you know, and, and uh, you know, <coughs> with things like climate change, um, there are certain areas of Temecula where they're having problems with it just being too hot in the summer times. They're having uh, some of their their grapes are getting heat stressed, and uh, um, I, I really think that uh, as as this process moves along, we can establish a, 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 an American uh, uh, viticultural area here in Anza, which would be a unique area that uh, unique to certain quality grapes, which is what we're trying to establish now, and um, and hopefully uh, see some commercial wineries up here in the not too distant future. Okay, so you're on. You have ten acres, and you have about an acre. You think about, about right yeah, now? a little, little shy of an acre of grapes. Right, know, so. and you're probably going to go maybe two or three acres when 
Yeah. The ultimate goal. Yeah. So that sounds very doable yeah. for for small scale and not having to hire help and use something that you can manage as long as you have have the cooperation with the other other growers. Yeah. yeah. So if uh, if uh, I wanted to start a vineyard on a very small scale and I wanted to know if it would even work where I live, mm -hmm. would I be buying five plants and putting them in or would I be buying 50? You can do one. It, you know, it, it just... Oh, um, that's exciting. I can just yeah, do one and see if I get just, grapes. Yeah, you can, yeah, one one vine and, and see if it... And I bring it to it, you and you can go press my clusters? Yeah, we will, yeah, we will we'll press your two clusters <laughs> and, and right into the right into the, the cup. And then we'll, we'll, we'll put a little moonshine in there and you got your instant wine. So. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> no, but, you know, it just... Uh, no, what I recommend if you really want to know if your area is going to support grapes is uh, there's, there's several... Uh, 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 vine growers in the area that will supply you. Uh, there's Nova Vine. You can contact them, and there's you can look on the internet. Google 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 it on the internet. You can buy anywhere from five to five thousand. They 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 support the the backyard vintner versus and also the commercial wineries. Okay. And they'll they'll send send the. <coughs> either the green plants to you or the bare roots and, and plant them and, and just give them water and, and see how they do. But, uh, okay. you know, certainly there's a lot of resources. The internet's a great resource for uh, finding out the best way to, to grow uh, wine grapes and, and make wine from them. And there's a plethora of books out there, you know, for, for resources. And if, if anybody wants to get a hold of me, or, or we be, you know, or any of us that do grow up here, we'd be happy to help out. We you know, more more the merrier, uh, you know. One 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 winery can can maybe survive a little bit, but people like variety. They like to, you know, as they wine taste, they like to like taste the different areas. So, I, our goal is to hopefully get uh, you know maybe a half dozen established wineries up here. Uh, you know, micro. And I'm not not talking about the big. Buses coming in like they have in Temecula, and the, the, the drunks stumbling off. But you know the you know, the micro wineries, that's very small batch um, um, specialty. So that's that's what we're we're striving towards. So wish Great. us luck. <laughs> very good. Right. Okay, at the end of the uh, of the program here, we'll have uh, listen for the program notes. We will tell you how to send in your questions for our guests. Thank you very much. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for joining us for this week's Cup of Fika with Anika. Tune in Wednesdays at 3 p.m. and a replay on Sundays at 1 p.m. If you have any questions or comments for me or my guests, please send an email to programming at koyt971.org and put Fika in the subject line. Enjoy the rest of your day.